Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tony Soto Show. My name is Tony Soto. So good to be back. Uh, just so everyone knows, this is going to be the last Tony Soto Show of the summer. So we're taking the whole summer off. I don't know why I still talk in wheeze when it is literally just me, but uh, I'm taking the summer off. I'm going to be coming back in September with a new look. Uh, same old tired show, same old tired host, just a brand new look. We're going to do a little uh, logo rebrand, maybe something with the website, you know, just trying to keep it current, keep it cute. We'll see how it all works. Mm. Start a little late today, I have to say, because uh, I am a moron. Um, and sometimes I just throw my poor guests for a loop with misinformation and emails, and it just gets all chaotic. But we are here, and we are streaming live on Patreon. So if you are a subscriber to my Fair Patreon page for only $5 a month, you can watch the interviews that I do um, starting in September with brand new shows. Uh, before we get going into whatever I want to ramble on about today, I want to give a shout out to all the folks, all the folks that came out to support Learn the Words Bitch in San Francisco at the Oasis Bar. Uh, it was the first time that the show has traveled. Maxwell and I were thrilled to uh, start up the relationship with the Oasis. It was a very cute turnout. Thank you for everyone who came out. I want to thank my sponsors at the California Street Cannabis Company. Y'all, it was a 420 party. You know, that is my shit. That is my holiday. That is my Christmas. That is my, that is my second coming of Jesus. It also happens to be Hitler's birthday, unfortunately. But... I embrace that as a holiday. And so I was super excited because we all know that I do weed reviews for the California Street Cannabis Company, which is a dispensary in SF. And I was like, if I'm gonna come and do any kind of show, if I'm gonna come and try to celebrate any kind of bullshit uh, in drag, then I want it to be the weed holiday. I want it to be 420. And you know, they really stepped up. I was able to give one ounce of marijuana to the grant for the first place winner. So, and that's a lot of weed, y'all. One ounce ain't cheap. You know what I mean? One ounce, you're paying money for an ounce a week. All right. And so this was really a great gift. And it was so nice to meet um, people who came because uh, people in LA told them to come or uh, shout out to Kate who uh, came from uh, Michigan because she was in SF for work and then she still came to the show. Like, it's just nice to meet all of you. You know, it's, it's, I spend the majority of my time speaking out into the ethos at a little green light on my computer and I don't really know who's listening. So if you are listening and if you do see me um, out on the street, so you, can, you can look past the resting bitch face because I promise you it will be there and tell me that you enjoy my shows. I mean, listen, um, I don't think I give any pretense. There's a good chance that if you see me in real life, I might be bitchy, but you know, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. I mean, listen, you go and say hi to uh, to bigger celebrities and you get way less than what you get from me. So come on now, come on and say hi. Um, hi. 
Hi, everybody. Uh, so good. I'm so excited uh, because I am taking the summer off. So I'm super excited about this uh, episode in particular. But before we get into it, I've made my guest wait long enough. I'm going to keep her waiting because she's good at waiting. Um, let's talk about what is going on in the world today because it is chaotic. It is chaotic. Uh, I just heard that Barbie, Mattel, you know, the people who make Barbie, um, are making a Queen Elizabeth Barbie. And I saw a picture of it and, you know, all the comments are like, this looks like Helen Mirren, um, who did play the queen fantastically, I might add. Uh, do we need this? Like, I'm, I'm specifically talking to you homosexuals because listen, a Queen Elizabeth Barbie doll is literally designed for purchase by homosexuals. No one, maybe lonely cat ladies, but nobody, you know, who love the royals, but nobody is asking for this. And here's my thing too. If I was Queen Elizabeth, because listen, Queen, Queen Elizabeth was cute when she was young. Why can't, if you are going to make me a Barbie, if you're going to take the time to make me into a Barbie, can we please channel the young me like, we haven't seen Barbie age in 50 plus years, but you're going to go fucking do my gray haired ass? Ah, no. I used to have brown hair. Can I have that back? I mean, it's just so crazy. Why do we got to fuck? Listen, she's been old for a long time. Can we give her a little bit of youth? That's the thing. Like, I mean, I would even say this to, uh, you know, if, if, if anyone was to ever make a wax figure of me, like, I think about this. Like, I think of Betty White. You know, Betty White, I don't think got... Uh, um, a wax figure of her until she was well into her old age. How dare you? I was smoking when I was young. Can you please do a Mary Tyler Moore, Betty White? Like, it doesn't have to look like me currently. That's homophobia. Homophobia at its finest. So no one asked for the Queen Elizabeth Barbie doll Mattel. Nobody. Nobody wanted it. Nobody was even thinking about it. And listen, I'll tell you who also doesn't give a shit about it. That's Queen Elizabeth. I mean... We're just happy she's able to get up and walk from room to room these days. So it's unnecessary. And this is strictly for the gays. I know it is. I know it is. And so it makes me really frustrated with my community. Cause I'm like, what squealy queen was like, you know, it would be fabulous. A Helen Mirren doll. Get out of here, America and your bullshit consumerism. We literally just had a pandemic. Like literally people are like broke as fuck. Who wants to buy an Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth Barbie doll? I mean, I wanna see if she's got the Barbie legs. I wanna see what's under that dress. Of course it's a long dress, so you can't really see. Does she have the same Barbie legs but you're gonna give her her fucking old dowdy nose? How dare you? Guys, let's talk about a little bit of uh politics real quick because you know the republican congressman uh madison cawthorn um do we know this guy now this is the young fella he's the youngest uh uh member of congress to ever be elected in congress um I found this on the web. oh siri no one asked you see siri is so fucking intrusive no one's talking to you and she likes to butt in um so Madison Cawthorn, if you don't know him, he is the one who recently came out in the news and was like, oh yeah, I'm, I am invited to cocaine-fueled sex orgies all the time in Washington, D.C. Those old men love their blow and their Viagra, and they want to fuck me. 
Um, do you remember when he said that? I think that was a verbatim quote. Yeah, I think that's exactly uh, verbatim what he quoted, allegedly. Um, well, if you don't know Ms. Madison, she's been in the news recently because some uh, photos have leaked of uh, Ms. Madison in some lingerie drinking with a bunch of sorority gals. And uh, of course, that goes against all of the machismo bullshit that the Republican Party tries to shut down our throats. So guess what? How does Madison distract uh, from his lingerie wearing cross-dressing ass? Allegedly, who knows? She's, she, it was probably good fun. I like to say she's got panties on all the time, allegedly. Uh, this this masculine young strapping lad. Well, how do you distract from wearing uh, bras and panties? Well, you carry a gun on a plane. Duh. You know, in perfect Republican fashion, you carry a gun on a plane. Now, listen, and this is not the first time that Madison Cawthorn has carried a gun on the plane. I don't know if it is some kind of, like, dick thing. I don't know if it's like, well... I don't know if it's like, you know, a bigger car situation, but this is the second time that he has been caught. And you know you're going to get caught. And you know it's just a flex. You know it's some kind of Second Amendment bullshit flex that this fucking uh, little punk is trying to, like, make. Listen, Queen, no one's interested in Madison. Now, I, and this is the thing, too. Like, I was talking to a bunch of, like, liberal-minded folks the other night, and... I don't know. I think that I, the, from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing that the Republican Party is in shambles, like literally, like it, they are doubling down on identity politics, which is what they've talked about uh, liberals doing. Did I say conservatives? Yeah. So, like they've been talking about identity politics, which is what conservatives say that liberals do constantly, but they're playing that role because they have no real plan to try to get us out of this pandemic or whatever. And here's the thing, too. You fucking on the fence pieces of shit. Say what you want about Biden being fumbling and old and whether or not you think what he did with Afghanistan was right or if you think he's handling. That gentleman is doing work. All right. He's doing work. Like whether or not he's doing the work the fast enough. Remember, we had four years of one of the biggest idiots in office who spent four years just trying to work on bolstering his ego. Like Republicans always leave shit in shambles. Do not forget that. All right, before we go to break, speaking of shambles, Viola Davis did a Vanity Fair interview recently where she actually comments on her very controversial portrayal of the First Lady, Miss Michelle Obama. Now, I don't have the Showtime add-on to my Hulu because quite frankly, I thought streaming was supposed to be cheaper than cable. Um, uh, but I've seen some clips and I've seen plenty of images. Now, if we all know, it's a bit controversial because Viola really, really wanted to focus on the face. Like, here's the thing. I did not even, now I know that character caricatures were painted and pictures were drawn and whatever. Uh, over embellishing Michelle Obama's face. But I'm gonna tell you, I've never been so drawn to mouth work from an actor than what I've seen Viola. She was like, oh, that is prominent. That is a major thing. Honey, stick to the arms. 
Like, that's all we fucking care about. You don't got to do that mouth thing. And so basically she did this interview. And what did she say? She said, critics absolutely serve no purpose. Well, of course not. Not when they're being critical of you, queen. Like, of course, they, but suddenly, like, let's not, I, I bet you took every great critique from a critic when you were doing good. I just looked at this and I was like, like, where was the director during this show? Like, where was the director that was like, maybe not so much face, Viola. Maybe not so much face. And for you to be like a working actress who's very, very good at what you're doing, but maybe she doesn't, has she portrayed like other living people? I don't know the answer to that. But maybe, maybe that's not her judge. Maybe she is like a fictional character actress and that is it. Like, uh, um, I don't know. But you were really focusing on that face, Queen. And we were like, no, nah, can you focus on the lines? What else did she say? There was one more. Not everything is going to be an award-worthy performance. Yes, we saw that. And here's the thing. Look, of course not. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. You're portraying, I think you're the very first actress to portray Michelle Obama. Bitch, you got to try. And I say bitch with utmost respect, Miss Viola Davis, because I respect you as an actress, as a performer, as a woman. I think you're amazing and you're a goddess. But queen, you got to jump back into reality and be like, okay, no, eh, they're not wrong. I don't think the critics are wrong. But what do I know? Guys, listen, we're going to take a quick break uh, and we come back. I am so excited about this next guest. And I think it's the best guest to uh, end for the summer because she's literally the first drag queen that I ever met when I moved to Chicago, Illinois. And a reluctant drag queen, but a fabulous one at that. I'm so happy to have her. So uh, when we come back, we're going to have Frida Lay. We'll be right back. Tony Soto Show. All right, we are back. Now, listen, if you know the Chicago drag scene, you know that they love talking about themselves. But I'll tell you, there was a whole slew of queens before this new crop of game show gals. And our guest today is one of them, um, a, like literally a staple, a staple a pillar in the drag community in Chicago, recently retired, which I am like, oh, can we do that? <laughs> I was like, I had no idea that that is something that we could even do. Uh, but I would like to introduce for the first time to the Tony Soto Show, Frida Lay, Frida. Hello. <laughs> oh my God, Frida, you're on the show. Finally, I we've been we've been talking about this for years. Can I just say? Can I just say? Like I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure I've invited you onto the show uh, because it was so. More in the words, bitch, is there's a documentary movie being made about it, and I mentioned on the show that there is a portion of Learn the Words, bitch, that I uh, took from Frida Lay's very famous. Uh, Roscoe's Drag Race in Chicago. She does a wheel, I do a roulette. But because I mentioned her, I was like, well, I need a photo and I need some proof that she does this show. And she was like, oh, oh yeah, I could get you all that. But I thought you were hitting me up to be on your podcast. And I was like, why have I not done that? Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hi, how are you? Let me ask you. Can you hear me fine? 
I can hear you fine. Yes, okay, yes, fine, yes. Fine, fine. Okay, um, uh, let me ask you, are yeah. you buying the Queen Elizabeth Barbie doll? Is this something that, be, that you're interested in? That would be a fuck no. <laughs> are you into gay shit like that? Are you a doll collector? Do you do things queer like that? Well, this the answer would have been so much different had you asked me at a different time in my life. As a child, lived for the fucking dolls. I, as a 20-something gay, gay man faggot, loved a Miss Piggy doll. I was obsessed with Miss Piggy dolls. Okay, uh, all right. My only foray into Barbies was when I played with them, my cousin's Barbies when, I, when we were little. I would send her to the store so that I would have five minutes alone with the Barbie. And I could, mostly the hair. I just oh. wanted hair. You know me. And then, yeah. And as an adult, the only uh, the only Barbies I indulged in were the Selena one, the Audrey Hepburn one, and the Cher one. That all makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, icons. And then somehow along the way, they got lost and I gave them away. And I knew they were collectibles of some sort, but it, they, the only thing they were collecting were they, it was just dust. Honey, we're Mexicans. We don't do collecting. That's a white people thing. Like honestly, it's, we were grateful to have what we had, and if it got lost or broken, we were fucked. <laughs> listen, it it was they were cute. They were adorable to look at, and, and you could never play with them. And then I thought, well, then what am I doing with these things in a in a basement? So I gave them away. But no, right. I, I will not be. I will never participate in the the Queen Elizabeth extravaganza doll. No. All right, well then also, before we get into the actual nitty gritty of the interview, Viola Davis, her yeah. response to that, did you, have you seen the show? Like, are you aware? Yeah, what are you, yeah, the face. What do you think of that? I saw some memes and I, 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 I've been pretty, I, I, I have not seen the, the show, the biopic or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a series. It's a limited TV. series. It's a limited series oh, uh, on Showtime. I, I, well, I'm I'm with you. I'm not buying Showtime just for that. So I'll just have to judge through the memes and the, what other people say. Now there I, are too many streaming bullshit out there. It's just too many things. Like it's I I have uh, eight. It's not a commercial. I have HBO Max and Netflix. That's all I need. And some, and, and some Bless you for that. that. Bless you for that. I mean, I have fucking, yeah. I, I have Peacock. I have Out TV. I have fucking Paramount bullshit. I'm just like, it's, it's bullshit. And and we were upset that cable costed $50. Like, I know. what I in know. the world? Now, all right. Frida Lane. Yes. You are. The first drag queen I ever met when I moved to Chicago. Now I don't know if you remember this, but I'm telling the tea because it was, if I if I know right, uh, it was your thirtieth birthday party at yeah. Roscoe's, and I yeah. remember it because I met you with my uh, first roommate there, Katrina. God only knows what ever happened to that broad. Um, and uh, you were in full geese, and I remember you saying, this will be the last time I ever post my age. Did you stick to that? Like, did, did, I as, sure did. Yeah, no, you stayed 30 until the end. I'm 35 now. 
<laughs> I mean, you look fucking good for 35 now. Uh, that is real tough. I mean, you you came to my first Thanksgiving dinner, which I hosted on the floor because we had no furniture. We sat on the floor. We sat on the floor and we ate. It was it was one of the, I'm gonna tell you what. I've been to many Thanksgivings and I've appreciated every single one of them. I've been thankful for every single one of them because to me, it was like being in a movie, every single one of them. However, that one was like, I was like, yeah, this is some real like, you know, struggling student Thanksgiving. And it was beautiful how everybody brought something to eat. Even the person that brought that God tofurkey that I have never in my life touched again i oh, don't man. remember who and, was and, one of your guests and you remember that tofurkey forever <laughs> you will remember that tofurkey forever i don't think a dog would eat it yeah yeah oh no but yeah because you can't fucking you can't ging uh you can't it doesn't cook right like you literally it's, it's a reheating situation like it, uh, tofurkey is something you just warm up it, i maybe it's been improved since then and i don't mean to offend any vegans of course <laughs> everybody gets so fucking offended so easily these days but but the tofurkey that day was not not the star of, of the of the show it but it was a it was a fabulous thanksgiving I it was an extra at best it was a not it was an unpaid extra it was delicious. Um, the experience was delicious, not the tofurkey. Truly, and honestly, and honestly, like we, I, like how long did you move to Chicago prior to me meeting you at thirty? Uh, I'd been there for eight years. For eight already, yeah. Jesus Christ! Because like you are originally from Mexico, um, yeah. and 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 like a big old sissy is from what I hear. From what I hear, you are just gay as the day is long in Mexico. Was that tough on you? Well, it was so tough that I completely blocked it out of my mind. Really? Did I you do think you had a great childhood? <laughs> no, my childhood was good. The 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 thing that I have discovered uh, as of late, as uh, after I've retired and moved away and stuff, is that. I do not remember clearly any of my of my teenage years there in that place in that particular place at that particular time in that particular time period when being faggot was the that could happen to a family that you would be cursed with a gay child. That's the yeah. way it felt. And something feels that way. But um, now that I've been, I've been back, by the way, now that I've been back and it's very different, you see boys holding hands on the streets and in the malls and I'm just like flabbergasted. Now, are because, you back in your hometown I mean, area? You crucified. I am. Yes, I am. Surprise, wow. surprise. I'm they always back. come home, don't they? They always come home. Like a fucking turtle. So wait, when I met you, you were a student at Roosevelt uh, University to become a teacher, correct? Correct, correct, correct. Um, but ultimately, you became a drag queen. So please tell me how one goes yeah. from aspirations of educating young minds to corrupting alcoholic ones. I, it's the same thing. It's the Lord's work. 
worked for you. Mysterious, <laughs> very mysterious. It, you know, it, he works in, he, she works in mysterious ways. No, it, I mean, obviously sometimes your path is not what you kind of charter for yourself. You just find a different path. And that and that works at the time, and that works for you, and that fits your life and your lifestyle, and and whatever whatever you're going through at the time. So, I finished my courses. I did my student teaching. I I had a job as a as a as a student as a teacher for a while, and I was doing both. I was working the scene because I was not a full time queen by then. I was just you know I had just just dipped my toe when they asked me to. Uh, I would. I was doing a show here, a show there. Yeah. What was then, the initial dip, though, Frida? What was the initial dip? How did that door even open? Because when I met you, I say you're a reluctant drag queen because you're like, look, I'm a fucking, I'm butch in the streets. I'm a feminine, a, a feminine streets, butch in the sheets. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, you know, it seemed like you were reluctant to be like a full on queen. Well, yeah, I always was because it it, it's, it it started like the way it happens with most faggots. I mean, I did it for Halloween and the Halloween joke that never went away. And then uh, for uh, my friend's birthday, we decided uh, uh, let's all enter a contest and be assholes and subsells and just have a great time because it was uh, two birthdays that night. It was our Julie's birthday and Bob's birthday. And we decided let's all just enter this contest and be, behave like assholes and just have a great time. However, it was contest and uh, dear Miss Frida ended up winning that night. And so then that started, uh, we'll give you money if you come back next week. And I was like, wait, you're gonna pay me to do this? People actually get paid to do this? And that started the whole ball rolling. It was, it was a contest and then it was, they, they said, they, we'll give you money. And I was like, okay, cool. Do you remember the bar? Do you remember the contest? Was it Roscoe's it was, Drag Race? No, it was Cocktail. It was Cocktail, <gasps> which is Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Cocktail, your problematic ass bar. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it was at Cocktail, which is now Progress. Uh, but yeah, it was it was across the street from where I actually ended up spending over 20 years of my life, which was Roscoe. And you took over uh, Roscoe's Drag Race. Who was the queen that you took over for? The original host was Lily of the Alley. Okay, yeah. Lily Before my time, alley. I didn't know Lily. How did Before how did time. you how did the the changing of the guard happen with that show? Because that show ultimately became iconic. Yes. Well, that show was uh, I think it was a kind, some sort of experiment, and uh, the show, the host was Lily of the Alley. I had two friends at the time that I hung out with every Tuesday. We had sushi every Tuesday. And then we went to see the show at Roscoe's. Uh, it was Lauren Jacobs. You remember her? Yeah, she's still around. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Shout out, Lauren Jacobs. Jacobs. Who Shout knows? Out, Lauren Jacobs. Coming from my uh, voila jeans, bitch. Yeah, you remember your jeans? Yeah. I'll never I forget that abuse and bullying. Never. I was. I was. You remember that? Those bingo nights at Charlie's when you were a shot girl. I was a shot jeans. girl. <laughs> you were a shot girl in your jeans, and she made fun of you. Because she made fun of everybody. She did, yeah. She, she, it just means she loved you. Absolutely. So I, I had two friends, Lauren Jacobs and Chicago Cher. How is she? How's Miss Jeff? I know. Oh, okay. I know. Okay, great. Always loved her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So it was the three of us. We always had sushi on Tuesdays, and then we went to the show. 
then and, uh, real, real quick, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just want my listeners yeah. to know that yeah. that trifecta of drag queens that she just said were iconic queens at the time when I came to Chicago. We that and teriyaki, like those those were the girl and yeah. and Miss Fousey. That was kind of like the girls who were like running the shit at the moment. That's right. We were the the the, the popular kids at the time very long time ago now that shit would never fly because i mean we're talking about the days before social media and followers and content and all this crap that i mean who the fuck knew all of, all of that we were just happy to be running around having gigs and we had gigs and uh and lily of the alley which would see me every tuesday and say frida when are you going to do my show why are you too good for it the real answer is I thought I was not good enough for it and I knew I was going to lose and I was not going to put myself through that. So I was happy to keep my my ego in check and not pretend to be what I was not. You know, so I think I think like I saw like because Frida-Lay saw the beginning of my mm -hmm. drag career. Like I did mm -hmm. Boys to Women at Roscoe's mm -hmm. hosted by That's you. Right. Which was yeah. a which was a, a fundraising show that went to some HIV thing, uh, but all the male employees of Roscoe's, which I only lasted mm -hmm. one year before being fired because I talked too much. Um, uh, they and look, uh, how, and, and look at her now. And look at me now. I'm still talking an awful <laughs> lot. But like, but like, well, all the boy employees dressed up in drag, and that was the beginning of Xandra Fairlawn. And mm -hmm. I I think what what connected to me to your drag so much, and this is not a read because I am comparing myself to you. I don't consider myself a great performer. I do lip syncs because drag queens have to do lip syncs. I'm not necessarily, like you're not gonna see me do a little kicky or a little dippy or a little woo, like you're gonna see pointing and wooing and that is it. But I know how to control a microphone. And that was how you are. Like when I saw you, I was like, I mean, yeah, she's done WEPA for 20 years, but yes. she keeps the faggots laughing for 20 yes. years too. Right. I'm not a, I'm a terrible performer. And if you see the very- Not few, terrible, you're no. fine. You're fine. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Oh, it's pain. She's painful. She is painful <laughs> to look at. When she's trying to be serious and performing, my my friend Adam does a great impression of me, which is the pointing. I do that a lot. I point a lot. Well, she did, uh, and uh, and and the collecting of the money. That's the those were my two moves: the pointing at the crowd and the collecting of the coins. That's it. I was yeah. not a. There are a few surviving photos of me doing very high kicks. I was very flexible when I was younger, um, and uh, and there are a few iconic if i my that word gets overused all the time but i'm gonna give myself permission to use it for some of the photos that are, that are floating around of me uh there are you know you looking at those photos you would think wow she was great uh no those were caught at the right perfect moment when the leg went to the right place and the camera went click and then you're like holy <laughs> shit i look fabulous i look like i know what i'm doing in reality I, I, I loved a microphone and I knew how to talk into it. And there were times when, when they had to shut it off because I would not shut up. Oh, I know, Queen. There were some times where I was like, she does know there's a show happening here, right? That she's, uh -huh. This isn't just her fucking, this isn't her hour long special. 
I get lost into my, you know, Rose from the Golden Girls. Yes, of course. The, the interminable stories. That's me. I start <laughs> a story and then it veers off to this way, this way and then goes this way. And then eventually there are so many roadways that I have no fucking idea what I started with. But, <laughs> but for, for, the, for the thing that I did for over 20 years, it kind of worked. Yeah, and you always found your way to the end. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, you, you destroyed many a forest with that uh, with that song Where that far. you've done. But uh, but know. you know what can I, you do? Adding to the landfills. There she is. There she is. I always say that she's she only did WEPA because she didn't want to learn the words to any other songs, and she didn't really always get the words on WEPA. So and I and I never did. I made a career out of butchering songs for over twenty years. Ask me now. Somebody texted me the other day. Uh, the lyrics to a song, and this is a, a, a good example of my stories, how I started working about Anyway, somebody texted me, oh, this, 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 and I said, is this supposed to mean anything to me? And he's like, I never knew what this, what the lyrics were, and we used to sing this song all the time at Bosco's. And I was like, have you met me? I have no idea what any lyrics to any song are. Yeah, and I mean, I and I have turned into, I have a Rolodex of 10. Like I was doing a show recently and someone was like, I think you did that song like last month. And I was like, who can tell? Um, all right, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a deep dive into the Chicago scene because Frida's been around for a long time. She saw it from the problematic to now the way woke city that it is today. We'll be back yeah. to learn more. We'll be right back. Tony Soto Show. All right, we are back with the show. And yes, Frida Lay, 20 years as a drag queen in Chicago. And as, as a self-professed terrible performer, like how did you even last that long? Because Chicago got real uppity about their drag come about the time of the Trixies and the Pearls and the, and the uh, Shakulays. Uh, well, I think I was grandfathered in. That's the thing. I snuck in when when it was not required to be a great performer. Just just have to know how to talk into a microphone and keep a crowd happy for an hour and a half, even if yeah. there were no contestants. I mean, that's a skill. Well, yeah. Well, the that's thing is, is like like there's you're always at a lack for MCs when it comes to drag queens because they're all twirlers. A majority of drag queens are twirlers. Like they go, they do their two numbers and they leave. Like it's hard to find people that can like run shows. And I think you can see that in uh, uh, in the challenges in that show, you know, that, you know, the game the, the show. show we all watch, yeah, yeah, that game know? show. Yeah, uh, because when it comes when it comes time for challenges about being witty and talking, they collapse like a deck of cards because there is no school for it, and we it was a survival sort of. Uh, uh, learned skill that you know we we were not look looks queens we were not instagram queens we were not honey we shopped at strawberry if we could you know what i mean like we <laughs> we were not death drop queens i mean uh -uh. None, of, none of that was required at the time when i started my illustrious career uh you just had to be entertaining and had to be um agreeable and some somewhat somewhat controversial at times and and elicit a gasp once in a while from the audience. Oh, it's the best, isn't a gasp? Is, isn't a gasp sometimes better than like a laugh? When you when you make a room full of drunks gay gasp or laugh, there is nothing sweeter in this world. If you if you ask me, I I really couldn't care less. I could care less for twirling all night and 
And if I make an audience laugh or gasp, to me, I'm like, that's my paycheck. Thank yeah. you. Guys. Good night. Absolutely. I, to me, I mean, also funny. give me the paycheck, heaven. but yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, sir, no, obviously I, I'm still going to collect my paycheck, but <laughs> I get, to me, that's like nourishment, you know, that's that, the laughter and, and people seeing an audience member go like this. <gasps> yeah. Be, I'm like, you were thinking it, you yeah. were thinking it. Well, and also I, I have to say like, you know, there's something to be said, like, um, I, I always shout out to the twirling queens because like I could never oh, and like and props amazing. to it. But amazing. I truly believe that I go home just as tired as they do because I'm running on the show. I'm fucking giving out energy, like giving the audience everything they can. And that's exhausting work. Well, because I think a lot of the times uh, what people don't understand is that it's not just about twirling and death dropping and and high kicking you have to keep an audience entertained for at least an hour mm -hmm. and sometimes there are four people in the bar or six people in the bar and sometimes it's a, a room full of people and you have to reach the people who are all the way in the back having a conversation and having their drinks and not giving a shit and still you have to kind of gauge like where you're going with this audience and how is it going and there are nights when i would just turn to my friends and be like it's just not happening tonight yeah, it's not yeah. happening tonight. Yeah. And there are nights when it's it's magical and yeah. everything clicks and you're just having the best time of your life. And I wish I could be a twirler. I, that's a great skill that I admire. I've also I've always admired the queens that start performing before they get on stage. I think I'm I'm, I'm jealous of that. Uh, you know, when you can't even see them yet, they're just like behind the scenes, like with their back to the audience or whatever. But they're already doing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the behind the curtain, you know, there's here's the curtain, and they're like, and then yeah, they just go, yeah, and then you have me, and our mouths are agape until the lights are on for us, like, oh, we're on, and, and then it's and then it's me, you can, you know, the DJ who has like the roster of my twelve songs that I know, and I'm like, just pick one, I don't give a shit, and like push it in, daddy, and I'm like, oh, it's this one today, I think I know it. <laughs> and that's it but my real my real skill set in talking to people and entertaining an audience and uh kind of gauging who's having it who's not who's having a bad night who may need maybe they need a shot and maybe they need the host to send them a shot and that'll put you know it's it's just those those little uh, finer details it's you know who i think about, about ah! yeah you know who i think about often who i hope is having a good day Miss Lays, I hope that she's having a good day. Oh, Miss Lays. Yeah. Miss Lays and Mariah. Yeah. Oh, Mariah. I think oh, about those Mariah. queens. Listen, listen, that show, what what I love. And I think like also, I, I feel like I've kind of taken with my show, Learn the Words, bitch, the vibe of Roscoe's Drag Race, because like it's yeah. a very baby queen oriented. Like mine is a lip syncing competition for anybody. But you see like queens like that, that would come out every week every week um just for the love of it just, just for, for the, the love of it just for and that's yeah. the thing like i talk about i talk about my early days in chicago i was like there was no economy there was no economy we weren't making money like we, we made money but we weren't like living off of it you know what i mean like 
Um, but so like you've been around in Chicago for so long, like, mm-hmm. and Chicago's drag queen, uh, uh, Chicago's drag scene is so hot because they want to, they keep telling us that. Um, you have seen a lot of the famous game show gals from Chicago, from like baby oh. status to where they are now. What's, what's that been like? Well, it's, it's kind of bizarre. If to tell you the truth, to be in 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 my state of retirement and having and looking at the life that I had and that you know, uh, it was um, to remember seeing Shea Coulee. Get robbed? Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was there screaming. You were there. You took that. You took that. that Infamous video. video, absolutely. Where yeah. you can only hear me screaming the whole time. That's. Uh, <laughs> But you know, there, there was uh, Gia Gunn, there was uh, Shea Coulee, there was uh, Trixie Mattel, there was Aurora Sexton. Yes. Uh, there Ms. Kimchi. Were, uh, Didn't uh, Alexandria Kimchi. Billings do the show? Like, wasn't Alexandria? No, no, no. no, no okay. No, no. no, Alexandra Billings was already a, a consummate performer by the time I arrived. I actually went to see her. Uh, she, was she doing theater. baton and shit, or was she doing like legit? No, she shit was. She was doing point. legit theater i saw her baton is baton is legit not i like no baton was iconic and many iconic queens came out of there but no alexander billings was already a a a a theater actress by the time i came around and i saw her on stage with honey west doing uh lesbian vampires of of bottom sodom and gomorrah that's right yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. oh my god and then i got to work with the iconic honey west which to me was like mind-blowing that i had seen this person on stage at, at a theater and now she was my co-host at bingo at roscoe's i was honey west bartender a few times at the lucky horseshoe oh. um yep Oop. <laughs> good times um all right so chicago drag has been in the news recently especially during the pand- pand- pandemic like here's the thing like, I love Chicago. I lived 13 years there. I love the great city. Enjoy it very much. Um, like, it, it hasn't always been revolutionary woke, all right? It's been a problematic city for a long fucking time. Uh, but then, like, the progressives just started waking up, you know, recently. But um, there's been some tension in the drag scene. You were around for that, um, especially regarding... Uh, uh, racial issues within the queer community that had been a right. problem when I was there. So, but it's always been a problem. But it, it hit the fan. Uh, what was it like to be amongst that? To tell you the truth, uh, the I think one of the reasons I was able to be successful for so long was that I always stayed out of uh, drama and controversy. Mm-hmm. I have never dipped my toe into um, into who said what, and you know, uh, to me that's that's a distraction. For that, to me, and this is very personal. I'm I'm not saying it was it was, and it's always been right for me uh, to 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 stay on my lane mm-hmm. and to mind my business and to do my work. And and that's it. I yeah. I do not. I've never been one to participate in he said she said or or carry rumors or participate in rumors. Whenever uh, uh, there was this queen Ambrosia Salad, you might remember. <gasps> uh, hi Ambrosia. 
Ambrosia was literally the second drag queen I met in Chicago. <laughs> Ambrosia was always trying to ruffle my feathers, and I always thought it was so endearing uh, that she would show up into the bar and she'd be like, "Oh my God, you will not believe so and so said this about you," and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool," and I would just go about my business because it's none of my business. It's whatever, whatever, whatever other people are saying is none of my business. So, regarding that that whole racial tension. I, of course, I heard about it and I heard about, you know, um, the queen that was uh, participating and, and got eventually they ran her out of town. And to me, that was a little bit, a little bit on the cruel side because uh, I, I wasn't there when things were said. And as you know, in, in our community and especially in our business, there's a lot of drinking and a yeah. lot of bullshit is, gets said when people are drunk. Now, when you wake up and you regret the trick that you had last night when you were drunk, yeah, you regret that and you say, I'll, I'm never drinking again and I'm never tricking again. And that could be applied to the same, to the same scenario. You well, might have said something that you should not have said. And maybe your feelings, uh, you hurt somebody's feelings unknowingly, without, unwittingly, and without malice. However... You, uh, what I'm trying to say is apology is valid it's up it's but it's also some sometimes people are not willing to accept that apology yeah you know what I mean like she uh, apologized well, well this is this is what I have to say because like and, and I respect the fact that you're like hey my show was at Roscoe's I did that show was 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 Roscoe's Drag Race the only show that you ever did during that time oh, or did, no, you, did, no, did you no, did you no. host other shows as well during this racial tension or no just just at all in Chicago um oh in Chicago I worked everywhere I, I used I used to do I used to be in drag five six nights a oh week. that's right you would do Charlie stuff no no for sure for I sure had, for sure Listen, at my at my busiest time, and people think that I because I only had the Roscoe's gig on Tuesday nights, and when when social media started and all that stuff, people think that that's the only thing I ever did. Honey, I busted my ass. I was, was gigging. But, but was, was that the only? Show. Was that was that the only drag show that you did, or did you host other drag the only, shows the as only, well? The only contest, yes. Okay, see, because this that is the thing, the like, one. like, um, you know, at, during that time. Um, I was attempting to be a twirler. I did most of my drag at the Lake Horseshoe Lounge. I'll tell you, uh -huh. uh, Correct was never nice. She never tried to be nice. She never meant that apology. She was wasted drunk on that apology. I was yeah. in rooms with her when she would say shit like this. And so this was the thing. It was like, for me, like, it was like a finally because here's the thing it's easy to be like these are the shows i did but if you're not doing contest shows or if you're not doing drag shows that's a whole i didn't even fit into that world and they were my friends you know what i mean right. like i was hanging out with them and like you know i occasionally did a show at starlet but like it was too intense for me um so well i Go ahead. I was I was never present for any of those uh, conversations or comments yeah. or any sure. of that because I my my uh, my drag career was I showed up to the gig I did the gig and I removed myself from the gig yeah I never participated in I I really don't have any drag queen friends because yeah. I mean I know them all but I was never really close with any of them because I because of the drama that I yeah. wanted to keep out of my life. And I that makes that total I, sense. I mean, like we, we think about it, like you got to think about it, like, especially from your sense. I mean, like, uh, like 
English wasn't your first language. Like you, uh, you came from Mexico, you moved to the States. That's a whole different culture shock. You know, you're a student, you're like, you're, you know, you're living in Chicago where, you know, it's a little racist in Chicago. So like, it's like, yeah, keep your eye on the prize. Keep looking forward. But the thing is, I, I never experienced any racism myself. Oh, nice. So to, I, my experience has been very different because let's not let's not kid ourselves i don't look like your typical mexican i'm a tall very tall person mm-hmm. you know i mean that's the color of my skin mm-hmm. and i i kind of i like like you said i also kind of passed yeah i was also very skinny and very beautiful <laughs> <laughs> and life is just and, easier for pretty people and don't you forget it i mean but um, it's just so it's just so interesting to me that like how um, you know, how compact but still spread out the drag scene is in Chicago and how you managed to avoid the drama. Because, I mean, I don't think every queen was that, that lucky. I know that, you know, Teriyaki got into some trouble. And I was like, uh, you know, well, where she dressed up uh, in the indigenous headdress and whatnot. But I, but I was like, listen, I remember when uh, we were at Charlie's drinking Lauren Jacobs was the bartender. Teriyaki in full drag stands up on the bar and pees over her shoulder into the garbage can. Like that was Chicago drag in we the early two thousands. So yeah, we it's a wild. we were wild. It's so 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 this idea of like suddenly um, and I'm I, I, like like suddenly like um, it's all prim and proper and right. That wasn't the scene that I knew. Like. No, Fousey was, was the nicest different. thing on the scene. It was very different. And we got away with a lot of things that now would never fly. We would get canceled so fucking fast. I was telling a friend the other day, you know, we used to have theme nights at bingo and we would do pajama bingo and we all showed up in our pajamas. And, and then there was the prom bingo where we, you know, we showed up in like 80s prom garb. But then we had this really idea one time to geisha bingo and so we were dressed up as geishas oh not today fly now i mean me in a in a in like a powder white face with like a slinty eyes and a tiny little mouth i mean that's that would never happen now and we would get canceled so fast so yeah we got away with a lot of things that would never fly now yeah, and I think Teriyaki uh, was still trying to I, do like I, the headdress like during the more aware times, and it was like, girl, it's, oh, you could bury things, all right. You don't. It doesn't always got to be. No, there there are there are things that need to be put to to rest for good, and there are things that we did that were were done at the time, and it was a different time, and it, they, it could never happen again. And now, we were so know, funny. We were so we, funny and, then. But, we were so mean to each other. Like, and I'm talking we so, mean to each other. We were so mean. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all part of the gig. Oh, and, so and fun. We, we didn't take it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all part of the show. We all knew it was, fu- we all knew that we were fucked up, tra- traumatized faggots working through it. And we worked through it by being mean to each other. <laughs> Hello, it, we're men in dresses. Yeah. Working out our childhood traumas of being called faggot every day. Yeah, for and, sure. And and reclaiming the word faggot. Yeah. To and you know, yeah, you call me that and you try to hurt me with it. Guess what? I'm gonna call myself that now. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have any impact on me because yeah, guess what? I am a faggot. 
love and, I, and what I think I love about my perspective so much is like I started doing drag in Chicago in 2001. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or 2002, pardon me. And so uh, with y'all, and then I kind of yeah. like did it off and on. Like it wasn't a major thing for me. Like I did it I mm-hmm. off and on. But then like I take a hiatus and then all of a sudden when I come back, that's when Shay starts and everyone mm-hmm. starts. And, and can so- I just say how proud I am of my girls and they're not my girls, but listen, I was, I was there when they were baby queens. Absolutely. And I, have the fo- I have the photos and it's- the Well, you had a stage, thing. you had a stage to offer. And that's what I love about you and your drag and what I try to emulate and what I do with my drag is that it's very, hey, are you trying something? Come and do it here. Like come and have fun here. I love that about drag race. I hope that never changed one, uh, um, at Roscoe's because I haven't been in so long, but like, I, I hope that that well, somebody, amateur feeling really has stuck through. And, but the thing is, at the time it was truly amateur. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, there was nothing else and there were no standards. Now you have to be a look queen to even get past the door. Oh, really? Did, well, I mean, I'm, I don't know. This, isn't that the assumption? Isn't I don't that, know. I don't know. I just I think open that. sign up. Come on in. All you up like Miss could Miss Slays not perform there but, these t- today. But what I'm saying is that I think there's a certain expectation that you have to look a certain way mm-hmm. and you have to be dressed a certain way. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, we reserved the the rhinestone garment for like a special occasion. Yeah. Now it's like for all the time to go to the grocery store, you gotta be rhinestoned. Yeah. And I, yeah. that shit. I mean, the standard, what I'm saying is the standard is so different now. Uh, I mean, some of my outfits, girl. Oh, honey, I know. I mean, like, literally, you tried to buy off the rock. I mean, I mean you were very skinny, so you're like, Target's fine. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I, I used to go, I used to go, Target, how dare you? I used to go to the annual sale at Lord & Taylor and Marshall Fields, and I would hold court at those fucking changing rooms. And I was, I used to come out of there with bags and bags of garments that were a size six and a size eight. They were off the rack, but they were, and they were on sale, but they were fabulous, honey. And they were expensive at the time. And they were I'll tell beautiful. You, I'll tell you, I uh, shout out to Michael Brambilla. I could not be a drag queen without him. Like he makes all my clothes. And honestly, I would not be, I, 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 I could never buy anything off the rack. She's not an eight. I'll tell you that. I think she's a 22 well, or something. She no longer <laughs> is either. That's well, that's a, well, life. yeah. Tell me about this. Like, did you now have you been living like the uh, like the true Mexican lifestyle where like you come up to the States and then you've like sent all the money back to Mexico to make a nice little nest egg. And so now you're just there living. Like, are, have you truly retired off of doing drag? I have. You saved money? Is that what you did? I'm confused because listen, I'm I'm 42 and I've made no fucking forward motion towards retirement. Well, let's see. I spent a lot of money on traveling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and 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 booze. Ooh, honey, I love the booze back then. Do you still love the I booze? Still, Are you still on the no, hooch? No. No. It's it's been over a year. I stopped drinking. What? Listen, this is a bitch who would drink straight Jaeger, um, Mm -hmm. but she put a little Red Bull to sweeten it up sometimes. But like, I 
No, it's uh, uh, soda water. That was the freedom bomb. That was uh, Jaeger and soda water. You're disgusting. So did you did you quit I drinking know. because you were like uh, like I'm just done. I'm tired. It gets exhausting. I quit drinking. It's exhausting. I I did it for vanity. Makes you look old. I didn't like I was getting bloated. Yeah. No. Nope, yeah. I hear you. I yeah. hear you look good. So I yeah. I, you look good, I, Frida. You. you look really good. So yeah, no, I, I've I've uh, retired completely from drag. Uh, I haven't shaved since November, since I had my last show. I asked this drag show. queen for a promo photo, and she said, "What's that?" Okay, listeners, that's she's already forgotten anything. And honestly, I think Roscoe's took care of everything for you. Where you just were walked on and walked they off, did. huh? They did. That's been my entire life. I don't know how to do a goddamn thing. I know how to talk. That's it. So what now? What are you doing now? Like, what's what's the future for Frida Lay? Well, what's the future for uh, Jesus Ricardo? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just having I'm having an extended vacation where I uh, I spend time with my mother every day, which was it, it, that's really what I wanted out of life was to be with my mom every day. And mm-hmm. all that time that I was. Uh, uh, a crazy gay person making a living by putting on dresses and talking to a room full of drunks. I, that was the, the time of my life. I would never trade it for anything. That was tr- literally, truly the time of my life. And I think that's something that I needed after my years uh, as a teenager living in this town where I live again. Um, that's, that's what my soul needed. Otherwise, I would have withered and died in a corner somewhere. So. To have that for 25 plus years, uh, to 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 now come back to this sort of uh, very idyllic um, retirement, if you want to call it that, uh, of just spending time with my mother. To me, that's just wonderful. We go to the market and we watch the news and we drink tea, and it's it's the sort of life I already had in Chicago in the, over the last two years when I stopped going out. And I just, you know, I, I minded my own business. And, and, and so now that's exactly what I have here. And it's cheaper. And it's great. I'm telling you, listen, you know, RIP to good old free delay, Ricardo. Like I thought, I, I don't know. I mean, watching you do drag uh, inspired my direction with how I do drag. So I think I met you at just the right time in my life. So that like, I never thought I was going to be a professional drag queen. That was never my, uh, I was hoping, I was hoping for much better. (laughs) No, listen, that that was never a career path for me. I never, I never thought of myself as a, as a person who could do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 It was was an accident. It was an accident. I mean, I told you, I, I did the occasional show here and there, but you could not get me to talk into a microphone. Yeah, I did my little song and, and then I was out of there. Uh, the the talking into a microphone was sort of a revelation that happened on my first night, the first night that I I, I, I took on the show, and they said, "Listen, if you don't think you're doing well, we'll just scrape you know the whole thing and we'll move on." And then I I held that microphone that first night and I started talking and I was like, "Hell, I like this." Yeah. And then it, <laughs> It, it it just it just went from there it, you know this this 
other person I never knew existed kind of came through. Yeah. And 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 revealed revealed herself. And I thought, hell, I'm actually good at this. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. then yeah, that that was my bread and butter for over 20 years, which is absolutely bizarre. I mean uh, it's think, amazing. All you can do is talk. That could be that that could be the life for anybody. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, yeah, that was never a career path, but I'm very, very happy that, it, that that's how it happened. I mean, I had the time of my life, to be honest. I mean, uh, it, so was, it, it, it was it was a great time. It was, it was the was golden it was the golden period of uh, Chicago lifestyle in uh, Lakeview, I think. Like uh, for for night for night life, I believe so. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I had a gig every different night. I I saw. Uh, different people every night and and that's a great school for anybody to deal with anything in life really to deal with hecklers to deal with uh, hate mail to deal with somebody who may not like you in your family that is a great school going to a different gig every night will give you a great education on how to deal with with human nature in any kind of situation absolutely so i mean i consider myself very lucky yeah before elaine place had uh lights what a great place uh <laughs> <laughs> now here's a funny story about Elaine Place. Now, for your listeners who may not be aware of this, Elaine Place is a tiny little street in the middle of Lakeview, where back in the 2000s, if you wanted to get your dick sucked or you wanted to suck some dick, you just walked up and down the street. Now, I lived on Elaine Place. You sure did. For over ten, for over ten years, probably fifteen years. You sure and did. I, my favorite thing was was somebody with and I could see from my window who was going up and down the street because, you know, I live there. And so my favorite thing was when somebody would, would try and come for me and be like, oh, I saw you on Elaine Place, Place last night. What were you doing? I was like, going home. I live there. I saw you there too. And you don't live there now. What were you doing on Elaine Place? Queen. <laughs> Looking for a husband. And now it looks like now it's like searchlight bright. Like it looked like how could anyone oh. sleep there? Like who would even want to sleep in that those apartments? Oh um, fantastic. Well, I was taking the trash out one time and and I'm going out to the dumpsters and I just hear uh, uh, I was like, oh so you know I got real quiet and then watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god free to lay everybody like so amazing <laughs> did, did you have fun on the tony soto show today it's over it's over oh that's it well, i had a, i had i told you i talked too much and we never covered any of the things you, of the bullet points you gave me we did them all are you kidding me i'm but, just that oh, good okay, i'm literally good. just that good you, that i can steer the conversation excellent no this excellent what were you going to say? No, nothing. I just wanted to show you my, my one of my little relics from that life. Yeah. How, so are, are those still for uh, sale? Can shirt. people still get those? Those, yeah, those are on Drag Queen merch. Oh, shout out to um, Bible the, the Girl. Ros the Roscoe's. Uh, shout out to, uh, and shout out to Roscoe's, my, my home for over 20 years. Um, and, uh, yeah. Are you, time, Tony. are you telling people uh, like your social media? Do you want to people where they can follow you? Or are you like, just leave us the fuck alone? 
I mean, I, my social media is still up. I, I'm still, I'm shocked that I still get uh, indecent proposals. And then they're like, send me a picture. And I send them a current picture. I sent this one the other day. Oh, woof. Ah, you have to stop it. You have to stop I, it, Ricardo. I, How dare you? Well, listen, the sun's very harsh down here. So this is how you go to the market. This yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you pulling trade there? Are you getting this laid? Is my luck. This is my luck. Oh, now she's all shy. Now she doesn't want to talk. Now she shuts look up. How, look, look how smiley I am. <laughs> Honey, they have never seen anything like that in this town. Anything like this. I am. Uh, I'm just saying I'm very, very happy at the moment. <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the tony soto show frida you thank are you a, having me you're finally. a momentous queen you you paved ways for a lot of bitches and for that we will always be grateful so thank you so much well, so yeah i'm still on instagram oh yeah uh, what is that frida lay 69 sorry frida lay f-r-i-d-a-l-a-y 69 it's like friday without the y and of course facebook and we'll see how long that lasts i'm just posting memories and shit because you know uh she is uh, uh and i still get a lot of really sweet mail people who miss me and wish and wish me to come back but i am officially retired and i had a great time she's never coming back bitches so just my life. let it go let her go um shout out one more time thank you so much uh free let's delay. live with the memories <laughs> let's live with the memories yeah unless you've drunk them all away which she's not responsible for either everybody if you like the tony soto show well this is the last show of the summer i'll be back again starting in september with brand new episodes a brand new look uh the show is going to be super cute i promise you also if you like me and want to hear more of me i do the gay power half hour anywhere podcaster stream with my good judy casey lie that's the political one i'm the tony soto show on instagram and twitter for now um and uh i'll see y'all in september Bye bye